Welcome to The Sword and the Trowel, the podcast of Founders Ministries. Founders and Ministries exists for the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of churches. I'm Jared Longshore. I'm Tom Askell. Thanks so much for joining us with, on The Sword and the Trowel today. We're glad to have you with us, and uh, we would love to have you with us in January. We're going to have a conference down here, The Only God on the Doctrine of God, and we've got some wonderful people that will be joining us, Chad Vegas from out in California, and James Dolezal as well. You'll be preaching, I'll be preaching, we'll have Vody Bauckham with us, and and then we've got our buddies, Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker. Mm-hmm. The Just Thinking podcast will be joining us for a live podcast called Just Thinking About the Sword and the Trowel. Yeah. We'll be dealing with God and the state. And that is January 21st through the 23rd. You can still sign up for that. Go to founders.org to find out more information. Spots are filling up very quickly. And so do check that out. Come join us in January. Let me mention also that we will have a little pre-conference event on the 20th. That's Wednesday night before the conference kicks off on Thursday. Bodie Balkum will be preaching. He is going to be doing a fault lines uh, tour of the United States, speaking on issues related to social justice, uh, law enforcement, and the gospel. So we encourage you to come early for that. And then he'll also be preaching for us at Grace Baptist Church on the Sunday after the conference. So come Wednesday, plan to stay through Sunday, and you'll get to fellowship with us more. We'd be glad to have you here with us in January, Southwest Florida. Hey, this uh, mug makes my coffee taste better. And uh, I'm so glad they finally let me drink out of one of them. It is very nice. This is our uh, The Sword and the Trowel mug. And uh, check this out. If you join the fam in the month of November, then you get a free coffee mug. And it is The Sword and the Trowel mug. It will be coming your way. And uh, so sign up before November ends. If you don't know what the fam is, go to founders.org and find out about it. It's our Founders Alliance membership and it's ways people support with us and they join us as we're laboring for the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of churches. We've also got Wield the Sword, your first yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, You're doing the first episode and it's out live now on Amazon Prime and it it's also on the Armory for yeah. fam members. Right. But man, I saw it, it looked great. Yeah, yeah, man. The videography is uh, impressive. So I was impressed with the... Uh, uh, the way that Chocolate Knox put it all together. He's uh, brilliant in his camera work. And this first one was on the word in the world. And it's just coming back to the fundamentals of what the Bible actually is and how we should actually use the Bible in our thinking. Yes, we have a matching gift. So we're still raising support for season two and season three of Wield the Sword. That matching gift goes through November 15th. You can also find out how to support that work at founders.org. Well, today we want to get into the craziness of our times. Uh, we we're are, already in the craziness of our times. We are now post-election, and at least at the time of this recording, uh, a decision has not been made. Um, we've got a number of the states have already come in. We've got, what is it, Nevada is not uh, yet decided, and North Carolina, Georgia are not decided yet. Everybody says, let's go in Trump. And uh, Pennsylvania is not decided. And some of them have been decided, but they've been decided while people have been dropping, you know, just a couple. While you sleep. 100,000, 100,000 drop-offs, secret drop-offs, things going on like that in in under the cover of darkness. Yeah, we're not saying anything sketchy is happening, but... Uh, I'm just saying read Romans 3. That's right. I'm just saying read Romans 3. We do believe in Genesis 3 and Romans 3. Uh, One of our own members here in our own church, I don't know if you heard about this, but her, her dead grandparents got ballots in the mail. Uh, asking them to return them, you know, fill them out, return them. And uh, so, I mean, it, it is happening. We've seen video evidence. There's all over of people actually having dead folks' names on ballots. People mm. have been dead for 20, 30 years. And 
So we joked about that a week or two ago, and uh, lo and behold, here it is upon us. So it was quite strange. I got to say this: like the last Sunday, so last Sunday I preached. I preached on a moment when Israel was shifting kings. So Saul was going to die. David was going to become king. It was also time that a man got raised up from the grave. To communicate Samuel <laughs> to vote for the Samuel king, through king a David. witch, through a witch. I'm thinking there's a lot of parallels. I mean, the parallels are. I don't even know where to go with all yeah, the parallels. We, we got witch, witches, dead people voting, new new king. I mean, we got all that. We got all this tumultuous times. So, uh, we, we, one of the things I want to emphasize. This is a text I want to read. I'll say, if you're a Christian during a time like this, I'm sure you're probably thinking a lot about the state of our nation and what's going on with politics and uh, corruption and concern about the future. All of that. In the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 6, God says the following to Joshua, and I believe it's a word for us to consider and to meditate upon and find encouragement in. This is what God said to Joshua. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. And mm. when I say that, I'm not talking about a conquest of America. But you are talking about Manifest. Republicans and Democrats, neither the right nor the left, <laughs> don't, right? Don't, don't turn to the right or to the left. So it, it's so easy in a time like this to have the wrong conception about the promises of God, to become far too earthly and neglect the heavens, or to become too far too heavenly and neglect the earth. And I imagine that in this time of uncertainty, a lot of Christians are going to be talking in those terms. And indeed, we are to fix our eyes on things that are unseen and not things that are seen, knowing the things that are seen are temporary. But this glorious promise that we hear has this census plenier to it, that we indeed are inheriting a land that is a new heavens and it is a new earth that Jesus Christ will bring in. And yet on earth, there is a testimony. There's, there's, there's connections. There's a continuity between what Joshua heard and what we hear today in ways that we are to look to God's law. We're not to be cast off right now. It'd be so easy to fall into traps in all sorts of directions. If we neglect what God's word has told us to do, we need to remember God's promises. Jesus Christ is King. He's advancing his kingdom. Whatever comes in the next few weeks or months in America in the 21st century, we don't know, but we do know that we've received marching orders from God and that's going to require being strong and courageous. Yeah, so uh, are we to look for the inheritance of land? Well, yeah, not just a little strip of land over in the Middle East either. I mean, the whole earth is going to be ours. The meek will inherit the earth. And we should pray, continue to pray, and then act on our prayers when we ask the Lord for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So mm. how is his will done in heaven? Well, it's done completely, joyfully, immediately, and we ought to be seeking to do his will here. So in, in one sense, all the political turmoil that's taking place in the United States, which, by the way, the rest of the world is uh, zeroed in on as well. I'm mm -hmm. hearing from people from all over the place saying, man, what is going on? What do you think? I mean, the whole world's watching this in some sense. Uh, it should not deter us from what we were doing last week or what we should have been doing last year we ought to be seeking God's will, and we want to see his will come. In my own life, we want to see it in our relationships, we want to see it in our church, we want to see it in any kind of business we engage in. We want to see it for our neighbors. We want people to come to know the living God. We want to see the living God honored in how we live, how we think, how we work, how we engage. Now, that might look different in terms of uh, strategy or procedures, depending yeah. on how the governmental system works. Yeah, here it's certainly going to look different. 
but it doesn't change the basic responsibilities. Yeah. And that's what I think Christians need to be, be clear on right now is, okay, uh, I'm not dependent upon the person in the White House in order to understand what God's called me to be and do. Yeah, and I'm not dependent upon um, that person in the White House to serve the Lord Jesus Christ in fruitful ways here on earth. And it really is a matter of, if, if you get that resolved in your mind, then it just becomes a matter of what's the strategy going to look like? And mm-hmm. it will look very different if it is a Trump presidency than if it is a Biden presidency. We can certainly see that there's going to be different ways, uh, different challenges and different opportunities that come depending on how that breaks. And it's it can be quite exciting to be in this time of uncertainty and say, well, I know Jesus is king and I know he's the one who raises up kings and he puts down kings and he's the one who's told me to seek his kingdom and he's the one who's told me to pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And now what is that going to look like mm-hmm. um, in in the days ahead? Uh, I don't know exactly, but I know that that's exactly nothing's going to change about what we're pursuing um, depending on who becomes president. Yeah, and, and this is such a liberating way to live for Christians. We often get uh, kind of lulled to sleep because God's so good to us in so many ways, or at least that's been the case here in America. But in reality, if you settle the basic things, if you settle the fact that Christ is your Lord, he is your king, that you are under his authority, that you get your marching orders from him, that every day, no matter if you wake up uh, healthy or sick, rich or poor, uh, single or married, childless or with children, whatever your situation is and however drastically it might change, that you still have clear instructions from your Lord and King Mm -hmm. about how to live. And if you settle that, if you settle the fact that fundamentally, you know, I live for Jesus. He, he shed his blood for me. He redeemed me. He's reconciled me to God. And I am his. He is mine. Then everything else is just kind of details. And if he wants to pick you up and move you to some uh, Muslim village in the middle of nowhere, well, you're still under your same Lord and King. And if he wants to put you in a different industry or if he wants to put you in a different kind of political system, well, you still have Jesus Christ as king. So the details, how does, it, how does it work itself out now as opposed to how it was working itself out before? And that'll be challenging, no mm-hmm. doubt. But the big questions are not challenging. The big questions you've settled, and you, we need to remind ourselves of them. We need to remind each other and help each other to come back to, wait a minute, Christ is still Lord. The promises are still true, which I think in this time for us as American Christians is vitally important to remember that not one of Jesus's promises has fallen to the ground. No matter who gets elected or doesn't get elected president, no matter what happens on the Supreme Court, doesn't happen on the Supreme Court, Christ is still going to fulfill his promises. So all of that helps us to live with faith now, knowing what the word says, and then looking back to see how providentially He's given us multiple examples in our own experience and in the Word and in history of the way that he's kept his promises. So we can say right now, I don't understand all that's going on, and I'm not sure how this is going to work out for good, but I've been promised that it will work out for my good, for his glory. I, I believe that I can say at the end of the, every day, at the end of my life, that though people might have done things to me that they meant for evil, God has meant it for good. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a comfort. That's a hope. That'll keep you getting up in the morning and being invigorated and not being in the pit of despair, no matter whether or not your candidate got elected. Yeah. The two um, two commands have been resonating in my mind recently in the wake of the kind of tumult that we're in with this um, election debacle that's going on right now. But the first is that we need to defy tyrants. 
and we've talked about this before, that this is an actual responsibility for Christians. We're going to defy tyrants. And then secondly, we're going to resist anarchy. And both of these things, you can see forms of tyranny going on. And we've talked about them. We've seen it in the wake of COVID. There's has been all kinds of tyrannical orders, dictates that have come down and some that are massive overreaches and some that are arbitrary and don't have good grounding. Um, but we've also seen a lot of anarchy. Well, I mean, I just saw recently Antifa walking down saying, you know, no borders, no something, no USA at all. Mm-hmm. So you've got all of this um, spirit of anarchy that is at play. And we need to be able to do both of those. When you're rejecting a tyrant, you are not giving in to the spirit of anarchy. When you give into the spirit of anarchy, what you end up doing is supporting tyrants. You're defying a tyrant, and a tyrant is one who has some civil authority given to him by Almighty God, but he is disobeying the God who gave him his authority Mm -hmm. by binding people underneath of his authority with arbitrary dictates or with unlawful orders. When a man's doing that, well, he is rebelling against the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave him his authority and his responsibility. And we say, well, we're going to defy you because we're obeying the king. And as you defy, you're going to be charged with anarchy. Oh, you know, you want to live without government. Well, no, I don't want to live without government. I want to live with a government that acknowledges that the great governor, God mm-hmm. himself, and humbles uh, himself or herself before that great God who is. Yeah. So you're defying tyrants and you're resisting the spirit of anarchy. Yeah, and, and sometimes I think in in our day, especially where pietism has reigned uh, supreme, this idea of, of defiance of legitimate government authority just sounds like anarchy or it sounds like just the essence of unbelief or disobedience of God. And yet understanding it the way you framed it, it's not at all. And we see it in the Bible. Uh, Daniel defied uh, a tyrant, Darius, whenever mm. he continued to pray to the living God and not pray to Darius. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego defied Nebuchadnezzar whenever they refused to bow down to the idol. Uh, Peter and John defied the um, religious authorities that told him to quit preaching Jesus in Jerusalem. Paul defied the authorities, the tyrants in Philippi when they tried to get rid of him quietly after they found out he was a Roman citizen and they sent word that hey, you, you, you and uh, uh, Silas just kind of leave. And Paul said, no, no, not so quick. Come down here and look me in my eye. Well, he's defying an order that was given to him from a lawful authority. So defying tyrants is something that is an obligation for Christians. And we should recognize that whenever we don't do that and we just roll over and comply at every point when a legitimate authority exercises his authority in an illegitimate way, that we may be complicating problems for other people. Because you think, who benefited from Paul telling the the guard that came to him and said, hey, the leaders just want you to leave. Who benefited when Paul says, no, I'm not going to obey that order. You tell them to come down here because they beat me. I'm a Roman citizen. Well, he's benefiting other Roman citizens. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to think twice before they beat a Roman citizen next time. Right. So what is Paul doing? He's loving his neighbor as, as well as honoring God. And uh, man, a lot of times we get beat up with this uh, second commandment by people that don't really understand what it means. When they say, oh, well, you got to love your neighbor, therefore you got to vote this way. you got to love your neighbor, therefore you got to go along with what everybody says is best. When what everybody says is best, or even the governing authority says is best, may not be the most loving thing 
that you can do for your neighbor. It certainly wasn't true in Hitler's Germany. Absolutely. Uh, Samuel Rutherford has a wonderful, wonderful phrase, man. If I encourage folks to you know, meditate on the Bible first and foremost, but if you want a good quote to have in your mind clearly right now, this is what Rutherford said. Truth to Christ cannot be treason to Caesar. Mm. Mm. Truth to Christ cannot be treason to Caesar. And it's huge, it's packed <laughs> full of glorious truth because we like to set it up in a way where we say, well, you know, here's Caesar and here's Jesus. And if you're being true to Jesus, but Caesar has told you this other thing, well, what you're doing is you're being, you're, it is treason to Caesar what you're doing, mm-hmm. but you're being true to Christ. Well, no, that's not true because the setup isn't Jesus and Caesar. It's Jesus and mm-hmm. Caesar. And if Caesar is requiring something of me that is contrary to Christ, then my faithfulness to Christ is not treason to Caesar because Caesar is not operating the way he is the one who is being treasonous. He is the one who's rebelling against the king. I'm being faithful to the king and he has always been an under king and he's never been anything more than an under king. And that's the way it is right now. And so for governors, they're allowing shady business to go on in their states in this election. Well, truth to Christ can't be treason to Caesar. And when people want to object to that and people want to say, let's make sure everything's being done above board. It's not as if they're being faithful to the God who says, you know, thou shalt not steal and thou shalt not lie. Um, and somehow being a bad citizen. No, right. they're actually being faithful citizens and they're being faithful people looking to the God who told us not to do these things. Yeah. But when you have a tyrant, who does not understand nor believe that he is under the authority of Jesus Christ and you defy his misuse of legitimate authority that's been given to him, then those cries will come that, Mm -hmm. you know, what you are doing, you're actually dishonoring me. You're dishonoring the office. And if you've got Christians that are not thinking carefully and biblically about these things, they'll say, amen. You know, you should just go along. You should, you should comply with this when in reality, what you're doing is you're actually standing for the true king, the true governor, the one who has delegated his authority to all human authorities and has instructed them how they are and are not to use it. That's one of the, I think people would be helped so much, Christians would be helped so much if we could simply remember that all human authority is delegated authority. Mm-hmm. It's not inherent so when a governor tells you to do something that's contrary to what God has said, he is abusing his God-given authority. When a husband tells his wife to do something that is contrary to what God has said, that husband is abusing his God-given authority. When elders in a church instruct a church to do something that's contrary to what God said, the same thing. I mean, if we keep that straight and then we continue to have our minds renewed by the word of God, then we're not going to be so easily played by legitimate authorities that can wield their authority illegitimately. Yeah, you are, you're not a robot. You're not a machine. You're a creature created in the image of God. And therefore, in this situation with the, uh, with the mailman, right? You got this story, and I don't know, you know, I don't know if there's validity to this. I know that, I think it's, I've heard that it's being looked into. You know, this guy works at the post office and sees people stamping things with the wrong date. Yeah. And, 
and he knows been instructed to do that he's already been told you know it needs to be in by this certain date and it wasn't and so they're stamping it according to his testimony Mm -hmm. well he goes and you know reports it and some people the world we live in now people like oh you know i mean he's not being loyal and whatever it is he's being a bad employee Mm -hmm. it's like no you're not being a bad employee when you observe something that is contrary to the higher law and then you bring it up and it's going to take courage to do that and the only way you're going to have that courage to actually live faithfully and to ensure that things are done properly is to say with Samuel Rutherford, truth to Christ cannot be treason to Caesar. Yeah. And and that also just dovetails with what is a fundamental truth that all of us need to relearn is that we must fear God rather than men. Mm-hmm. We, we need to fear the one who can not just kill the body, but cast our souls into hell, as Jesus said. And if we had more fear of God in our churches, in our own personal lives, and if we could communicate that more readily by the way we live and how we encourage people to think rightly about God, then there would be a, a greater readiness to defy illegitimate use of legitimate authority by those who are acting uh, as tyrants. Yeah. And then we need to consider our own authority and responsibility. I mean, a lot about our homes right now, you know, there can be great temptation in a, a political season like the one that we're in to neglect familial duties mm-hmm. just to engage in all of these things and watch Fox news or CNN news or Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is that you tap into. And to just actually be neglecting the very thing that you're lamenting and Christians should, you know, anybody for this matter, that's looking out and saying, you know, well, this is so silly that people say they're tampering around with the election. You know, we know that stuff doesn't happen. If you're saying that you probably need to go back and read Romans three, <laughs> right? You need to go back and consider Genesis three. You need to go back and read the whole Bible because you're going to see, of course, there's a corruption. There's always going to be a movement of corruption. There's going to have to people be people that say, we're not going to do that around here. And then, so if you're, if you're a Christian, then, well, you don't look at there and, you know, how could they, I can't believe that in Philadelphia, they would do that. I can't believe in Detroit, they would cover up the windows. It's like, well, of course they cover the window. Think of all the things you do in your very own home. You know, how many times do you try to lie, cheat, and steal? And so we need to take care of our own household first. And I mean, if you have young kids or you have whatever, middle-aged kids, older kids, help them to understand this. So I was talking to a first-time voter, you know, 18-year-old. <laughs> Can you imagine casting a vote in this election? Like, well, welcome, you know, glad to have you aboard. But he's having to process all this. And we have a time as Christians to say, let's make sure that we're putting sin to death in our own lives, that we're raising up the next generation to be faithful, faithful kingdom citizens to the Lord Jesus Christ, and then that we would raise them up, that they would know how to live in this country that we've been given, that is uh, blessed in so many ways, Mm -hmm. and yet corrupt in so many ways. But we have a chance to actually raise up a generation that would do a better job in the future than we've done in this uh, recent election. Yeah, and we're not going to do that. We will neglect those most important duties if we get consumed uh, with these things that are really out of our hands anyway and uh, we start putting greater importance on them than we should uh, I'm not at all suggesting that you know it doesn't matter and we just go help about our lives regardless of what happens politically we have a stewardship especially in America where we have a constitutional republic especially where we as citizens recognize as Lincoln put it that this government uh, of the people by the people for the people and so we're the people that means that we're the ones responsible our constitution recognizes these inalienable rights granted to us from God that are recognized and protected by the constitution so we have obligations morally politically spiritually to take stands to do things and and um to resist things being done that are contrary to what is lawful. And we ought to seize that 
but in and through it all, every day, man, when you wake up tomorrow, you shouldn't be de- deciding how you're going to live based upon what the election results are, based upon uh, how the various states that are still out are going to resolve their their ballot counts. Those things are important. And if you have opportunity to contribute to righteousness in them, then by all means do so. But don't neglect your first and foremost duties. Guard your own heart before God. You know, pray, read the word, meditate on the word, disciple your children, live honorably in your workplace. Take advantage of the the opportunities God's given you right here where you are. And don't let what's going on nationally or internationally keep you from those most sacred duties that we all have yeah and it, it's um it's not either or that's the it's the way we like to live sometimes right so we're going to be full-fledged about family and not engaged in politics or the civil realm and we're just going to be family kind of people or we'll be fully fle- full-fledged into the political life and society but we neglect our families well we care for those primary duties first mm-hmm. and then the fruit of that is we engage uh, politically and we certainly need to do that in a time like this now is a wonderful time to actually um, for men to lead their families to understand the world in which we live and that can spike during a time of election and you can think yeah. if it doesn't break the way that I want it to break, well, then hands off. I'm not going to do anything else, uh, you know. But no, there's a responsibility to teach kings. If yeah. if if you're a Christian and your civil magistrate um, doesn't know your Christ, but it is the Christ who installed him in his office, well, what's your job? Your job is to help him to know the Christ who installed him in his office. I mean, of mm. course it is. And so the, that will that kind of vision will give us um, a much better footing to move forward, no matter who gets elected in the president, uh, president's position or in governorships or, or whatever other offices are filled. Because, yes, it matters, and we're going to feel the, um, the trouble if the wrong people get into office. But my duty was the same. Whether, whether you're conservative or you're a liberal, well, my job's the same. Jesus installed you in this office, and now I'm going to teach you that instruction might look different, mm-hmm. you know, but um, it's still going to be in the same direction. Yeah, and I think we can draw that from Daniel, you know, and Darius comes on board, pray to me. Uh, Daniel just kept doing what he was doing. Mm-hmm. He didn't change anything. He didn't pull the curtains. He just lived the way God had called him to live. And this, we see that in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I love their answer to Nebuchadnezzar. said, oh, you know, our God's able to deliver us. But if not, mm. if not, know this, we're not going to bow to you. We're going to worship the true and the living God. And when you know, we perish, we perish. Settling that, getting that in your, your thinking, it is liberating. And I'm not suggesting that, you know, you get it once and then everything is just right. I mean, we fight the temptations to fear and man fearing and unbelief all the time. But to have it settled so you're not having to rehearse in your mind, do I trust God or do I not? You know, am I really going to be confident in Jesus? And did he really come back from the dead? No, if you get those basic truths just so well grounded in your thinking, Mm -hmm. then that becomes fuel for those moments when you're put on the spot that you didn't anticipate, as well as, okay, the ground has shifted. The political scene is different now. And I know that it's going to, to be um, maybe more challenging, maybe more costly to live for Christ whenever I go and pray as I've been praying uh, now that we've got another ruler in place. Yeah. 
Let me finish up as we close out here with just a little more encouragement for your courage. And here in Joshua chapter one, verse eight, God goes on saying to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so um, wherever we do go in the coming weeks and months, God Almighty is with us. He has told us that we will prosper in our way as we meditate on his word day and night. So give yourself to that and be willing to go out and face the danger, face whatever comes and do it in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he certainly will be glorified. Amen.